Okay, welcome back to the School of Why podcast. I've got a very special guest today, uh, Miss Terry Broussard Williams. How are you, Terry? I'm doing great. I think this might be like one of two times I was on a podcast and someone knew exactly how to say Broussard. So I appreciate <laughs> spending time with you, um, someone who lives in my hometown. Yeah, which is what? Lafayette, Louisiana, right? That's right. Just double checking. That's where I live. Um, okay, so you know we've been trying to get together for a while. I've been watching you from afar. Um, I love what you're doing. I always love all your pictures with your book, and obviously that's Find Your Fire, which uh, many of the listeners know about. And I wanted to just kind of jump right in and and talk to you a little bit today about some of the things that you're really passionate about because one of the real focuses of the School of Why is to bring together people, entrepreneurs. Uh, movement makers, as you say, um, that are really aspiring to take their passion and their purpose and bring those together to create profits, um, not just money profits, but also profits that are um, time and lives being changed. And um, a lot of times in your case, you know, even policy changes and culture changes. So, you know, I guess uh, starting off, I like to ask a lot of my guests uh, this question is, you know, what do you believe that your why is? You know, so we're always looking at that. And we, when we say why at the School of Why, we're talking about your purpose, right? So that's like syn synonymous for that. What would you say in a couple of words would be your why, Terry? Oh my gosh, I don't know about a couple of words, but, um, you know, I grew up in Lafayette and my grandparents were these incredible people that gave back to the community. If it were in their school home, their church home, wherever they served, they gave back. And so from a very early age, I felt that I was responsible for leaving things better than how I found them. So when I look at my professional career, I've worked in three TV stations, um, done a lot of community service, and have been a lobbyist at three different organizations. That The through line of that for me is I'm giving people information and data so they can make a decision for themselves or their community to make it a better place. And so for me, that that truly is my why. Let's give people exactly what they need to decide how they could do good in the world. I love that. And it's funny, you mentioned this uh, giving back even as a child. So I grew up, my parents were um, run, ran homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I got a lot of like kind of my innate sense of purpose and like what what needed to happen for people that were underprivileged and and really this idea of giving that is not necessarily going to profit anything that is like the traditional profits right yeah. um so with, for you you know tell me a little bit about find your fire and and how that has been a big part of your purpose that you've been living yeah absolutely so it it's interesting because you talk about like you know generating profits while doing good. And it, it's okay, right? A lot of people feel like the two can't be together, but it's absolutely okay. Um, so I tell people that I'm truly a social impact strategist. You know, I help people unleash social movements for good. And so when I was thinking about how to do that, um, I created a platform called Movement Maker, which is simply a blog and a place where you can go and view videos to teach you how you can create social movements for good. But then I also launched a, a professional speaking opportunity um, 
or a platform for myself so that I can go out in the world and inspire others um, in corporations or at luncheons to, to do good. And that generates income. That pays for the person that's editing the blog articles or posting them on the blog or you know, putting things on social media. Um, in order to do good, you still have to keep the lights on, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, the third bucket is also some, some consulting work. And that allows me to go deeper with people to help them create their own why in the mechanism mechanisms needed to create the change. And and with that, um, I've been giving out movement maker scholarships. So giving money to those who are people of color who are sitting on nonprofit boards for the first time, and I pay their first year board dues. So there's definitely a way to be a catalyst in the world and do good and to still generate some income. Um, They, you know, that's why they call us social entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. I love that. What would you say for you, you know, obviously you work with a lot of people. You said you're the, you're, you're a consultant. So you're, you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're a mentor, I'm sure in a lot of spaces, what's a life hack that you use to harness strategic emotions in your life and work? Cause I know that we all experience a lot of emotional components mm-hmm. as we go through this journey with the, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs and all the different things that come from trying to do something different something out of the ordinary, something that doesn't exist to make something out of nothing or to find mm-hmm. or start your fire. Like you say, what are some, what, what would you say is one or two like life hacks for really harnessing strategic emotions? Yeah. So two things you asked me about find your fire. And of course I have to like drop it. You got to do that is. when you're on podcast. I love your cover. <laughs> Thank you. But so In writing Find Your Fire, which is a book that gives tips, stories, and tools for people to create social movements for good, I share different types of social movements. You can either build one, support one, or amplify it and lay out exactly how you do that work. And so there are four steps in in the fire starter formula. Um, First is cause, which is finding your why. Second is building a collective or your advisory board and the people Mm -hmm. that will cheer you on. Then the third is communicating. You have to tell people what you're working on so that they can join you. And the fourth is actually Mm -hmm. creating change or doing the work. And so as I was writing the book and sharing practical ways um, to create movements for social good, I realized that these are the exact same four steps that I use no matter my life's journey. You know, so when I wrote the book, I laid all of that out to get started. You know, I began a a weight loss journey a couple of years ago. It was the exact same thing. My purpose was being healthy. I had, you know, an advisory board of people that held me accountable. Might have been the doctor of the day or the, you know, walking partner of the day, but there was that collective there. And then I was communicating with people. I cannot go to happy hour with you at Buffalo Wild Wings. We can go, you know, to a veggie joint instead. We actually have those in Austin where I live. And then the fourth piece, I had to work to do the change. I had to do it consistently. So the formula works no matter what. And so that leads me into the the second part of your question. And so after, you know, I wrote the book, I was going on a virtual book tour because it came out during COVID. I was doing a whole lot of consulting and teaching around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. I realized I was just tired. You know, Mm -hmm. I was so exhausted. And the world was going through, you know, what we were calling the great reset. And I really wanted to slow my role, as my mom would say, slow my life down so that I could 
recover a little bit, renew my energy and realign it with my why and my life's purpose. Literally get all the crappy stuff off my plate so that I could move from being, you know, everything to everyone and nothing to myself to more and more, um, you know, for myself every day. So I created something that I call the Great Me Set. And it's a spoof off of the Firestarter formula, but it is very intentional in using words that um, encourages you to go within, to take that moment for yourself, um, to find your own Great Me Set. And so that the life hack for me there or the formula I use is first I start by breathing, like just simply putting my feet on the floor and breathing through my nose and my mouth. Mm-hmm. Then I began to just visualize, you know, the the emotional change that I need to have if I need to, you know, be a little less anxious, which I don't like using that word because for me, it's not so much anxiety. It's like, there's just so much going on. I want to visualize mm-hmm. myself being in a calm place or visualize tackling, you know, the work day. And then attracting the things around me that are needed. That might be a person or that might be, you know, literally a piece of paper to write down some notes um, or attracting the thought partners that you need. And then transforming to honor all of those things and and doing the work, not so much that it feels like it's a place of doing the work, more so that it, it feels like a place of being to get to the point that you made earlier. You have to connect your head and your heart with your soul or, yeah. you know, you're going to earn that money and you're never going to be happy. You're never going to feel fulfilled. You're going to keep looking right. for something else. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. I did not realize how aligned we were with our books. Um, Cause I'm in my book, there's 10 steps, but it's very similar as far as like finding your why counting the cost, making a decision and then building a team. That's kind of like the first, what I call the startup steps for mine. And then the Hi. second half is all about how do you basically go through the journey that's longer than you want it to be with <laughs> yes. any movement that you're starting and like, how do you s- sustain it? And, you know, one of the, um, one of the steps, step eight in, in, in the school of why curriculum is how do you turn failures into opportunities? Wow. And, you know, yes, my that's like a huge, yeah, huge. <laughs> exactly. Well, nobody gets to the depth and the, it, like, passion and you know intentions that you are at or that i try to be at without having gone through some real like bottoms or even like kind of breaking points what would you say was one of your breaking points that really helped you discover your why Mm -hmm. right so you have some of this stuff from when you were a kid i'm the same way but like something happens as we go through this journey and we're kind of going on uh, you know our out and trying all these different things what was one of the most significant breaking points for you that really taught you uh, that the things that are now like such a big part of your life? Yeah. And I actually, I say I have a PhD in turning obstacles into opportunities. So you're so like, you're my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, well, there, truth there's... is truth is something that I've always realized. Like w- when when I run into someone, so like just so everyone knows that I've never actually talked to Terry until right now. So it's not like this is coordinated, but (laughs) when I meet people that I've never talked to and we have experienced the same thing, we say the same thing. Those are the things that are true, right? Those are things that like are undeniable truths. Like we may not agree on everything, 
but it is absolutely that's that's what I look for in this in this world is when those things line up. That's how I know that is truth. Mm -hmm. You know that you can really bank on. So I'm sorry, I had to jump in. No, on no, I love it. And I, I think that when you when you truly operate in that space, there's always a way. You know, mm -hmm. I used to manage a team of about 30 lobbyists and they'll be like, I can't do X. No, there's always a way. But you have to know that you can turn the obstacle into an opportunity in order to find it, you know? Yes. But, so there are three junctures in my life where I think I went deeper and deeper in learning myself. But I'll tell you about the, the very last one. In 2019, I was lobbying in Washington, D.C. And this guy was looking for his mobile phone. And this is the craziest story ever. And he thought it was underneath a sofa. You know, like you bring the little VIP couches in for the party and then they're so light you could take them out on your own. So it was a, a light mm -hmm. piece of furniture. It wasn't like your grandma's couch. And he threw it in the air because he thought his phone was underneath. And it landed on my head. Like literally a la tets on my head. So I ended up with a very serious concussion, was away from my computer and phone for about three months. Wow. And to this day, you know, that happened in 2019. It's February of 2022 now. I still am recovering. There's still things that are not right about my head. And the way that um, I move now is very different. Hmm. But I tell everyone, I went from that couch being centered on my head to me being centered on that couch. And that was for the first time since I was 16. I rested, I was still, and I learned grace because I had to start saying no to all these things, you know, I was on this board doing this, writing this book, like all these things. Mm -hmm. And I had to give myself grace to say it's not now and it's going to be okay that it doesn't happen today. Wow. Yeah, that's a great example. I know for me, I've, you know, gone through different things. One, one big thing for me was about 14 years ago, I got sober from drugs and alcohol. So that was, and it wasn't because I wanted to stop drinking or, or doing drugs. Cause I clearly, I really loved them. Um, that's why I had to stop, but it was because of all the other things that were happening around me. Right. And like, sometimes the, like that for you at the time is kind of, it's, it's, it's a nightmare because it's you're paralyzing, you're <laughs> right? paralyzing, you're handicapped. Like you can't do what you, 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 wanted you want and need to do and and you don't really know especially back then you didn't know if this was going to be permanent so that's a really really difficult emotional time you know it's almost it feels like a nightmare um and probably you have some ptsd from that that <laughs> thing right and like you probably look at vip couches now like they're <laughs> right? like, like some people it's spiders for you <laughs> it's vip couches you know um but you know getting to a point where we can laugh about it and use it to our advantage and and really learn from from that you know so i appreciate you you sharing that with us you know this great me set i think is interesting and really timely it, I, i'm sure you've probably helped uh, a lot of people through this kind of really um unsure time like it's it's a little bit better now but there's still like mm -hmm. i think what we realized from COVID hitting was that anything is possible and a lot of things that we just never even thought were possible or maybe even didn't consider all of a sudden became a possibility. Yeah. And so now we kind of live with that, which is not a bad thing. Cause I think it, it was something that we all kind of needed this me set. Right. Um, have you had some people that you work with, like, you know, that you mentor that have really gotten a lot out of that, that part of the journey. And what would you say is like, 
you know, something that they took away from, from going through your process of yeah. the uh, great me set? I think it's different for, for everyone. You know, um, there's a young woman who I met through find your fire and she started a nonprofit. And right now she's a lot going on in her life. And so I was, I sent her the website. I was like, just pause. You got this. Like, and you already know how to do it. You started a nonprofit. We're just going to use some different words and, mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. begin to think about it differently, you know? Um, but I have to tell you, it, it's so funny how when you do this work that it starts to show up in your life because you're honoring it. So mm -hmm. I'm on a board and we are traveling, you know, to somewhere um, where we wouldn't normally travel. I probably shouldn't say where, but um, part of the, um, it is legal, it is safe, but um, <laughs> I don't want to ruin the surprise for others. So Not fire festival, I hope. Oh, no. <laughs> but so on the agenda for the start of one morning is a mindful moment and meditating mm -hmm. in the desert. Mm -hmm. And the leader of this organization, um, I would host, you know, mindful moments on Saturdays throughout the beginning of the pandemic from like May until September. She would come all the time when I, I would have a breathing facilitator. And so she's now incorporated that into her, her agenda and uses it for her own self. Um, so I, I just, I find it, you know, from, from me, it's like inspiring. And it's that sign, like, keep going. What you're doing matters to yourself and for others. I love that. And you've actually mentioned breathing and I, and I was picking up without you saying meditating until just now, I already kind of knew where you were going with that. You, you seem like somebody who's really good at leading a guided meditation. <laughs> I'm learning. Are I you? Am. Yeah. You've got, you've got the vibe. I like that. It's funny. <laughs> I, meditation is big. Uh, you know, yeah, it's so helpful about, it's for so the helpful. me sets. I mean, let's face it as far as just practically breathing. And you know, one thing that I do a lot of times and I teach a lot of my sponsees and, and people that I mentor is just keeping it really simple. Like a lot of times, you know, we're not naturally most of us good at, at meditating, or being um, but if you just keep it simple with the breathing, it's like just breathing in what you're grateful for and what, what you love and just breathing out what you're afraid of or what you're frustrated with. Like just that simple thing for a minute or two. It's crazy how it can really help with reframing your perceptions and, and just regrounding you into that moment because the moment is really all we have. I noticed behind you, it's just, you know, leaders turn moments into movements. And I love that because all we have is moments, you know, that all we have is, is the present. We really can't grab the future. We can't change the past. And so the, that breathing and those simple things, even though it's basic, it's one of the most profound ways to really connect to this, like, really larger energy source that is a part of what I talk about in my book about like when it comes to strategic emotions, it's about us being able to harness emotions for good, uh, good, the good and bad emotions and use them right size. You know, I think a lot of times emotions can get in front of us and they, they get us to make decisions or, or miss opportunities um, or relationships because they're so um, be, we're so being led by them, you know? So well, this has been awesome. Is there anything else that you really wanted to share or leave with us before uh, we uh, wrap it up? No, I just, I appreciate the work that you're doing. It matters. And I think so many people, um, they feel like they can't start a movement or they feel like they can't start a profitable business and win, right? But people like you are showing them that, that anything is possible. 
and you just have to get started. So um, if anyone's looking for any information about anything we've talked about today, it's, it is all at terrybwilliams.com. Um, but no, thank you for doing what you're doing because it matters. Oh, you're welcome. And I, and I love it because this is part of my passion and purpose. And I'm glad you had mentioned that because I was about to ask you, where, where do people find out about you? Obviously, all major search, search uh, and social medias and all that fun stuff. Um, but give us the uh, .com one more time to easily find out how we can jump right into your uh, your movement. Yeah, it's Terry B. Williams, B as in boy, Williams.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Terry. And I look forward to talking to you more and kind of watching your journey continue to unfold. Thank you.